0: Day seven, rest. It's our final day, y'all. Climate on Tap, Rituals of Remembrance and Restoration concludes with a final reflection from our Taproot Earth leadership team. This episode features Taproot Earth's own Anthony Giancaterino, Mana Tahai, and myself, Colette Pichon Battle. Rest with us as we step away from the grind, Leading up to Labor Day, we pay homage to the invisibilized and stolen labor of Black and Indigenous peoples, of women and femmes, of migrants, of union and non-unionized workers internationally. May we bask in rest as a means of resistance.
1: We're seeing a lot of like struggle and fear and scarcity and just worry, and for a lot of a lot of good reasons right like everyone we're talking about these big vision and big ideas because the what we're hearing around climate science is we have till 2030 before things get really bad and we have just gone through a pandemic where in my mind i was like oh maybe a pandemic will bring people together and it has for some communities but as a society it has actually worn our communities more and it has actually created more fissures and fights and it's just i was like what's it gonna take i thought a global health pandemic that puts people at risk would do it and that's clearly not the case um but i i do think though we are seeing cracks in the system of five six seven hundred year old system that is finally starting to break down and to me there are two ways to go about it. We can go the way of fear and scarcity and it's all for yourself. And it's all about just othering others and taking what you can and survive, which a lot of people want. Um, That's not obviously not our vision. You know, we have a vision of love and abundance and it's not just soft. It's real. It's hard, but there's something about, this is a moment to recreate democracy. Like we haven't really had a democracy for a long time, if at all. Uh, And we want to practice it. So now is the time to practice self-governance. This is when we talk about what are we co-creating? We're co-creating abilities for communities to come across difference, to come across regions, to come across perspectives and make really hard decisions on what do we prioritize with our budget? What do we think about when we have to come up with what is the first solution we're going to step forward on on this crisis to move together? Like those are that's hard to do. And our elected officials have a really hard time doing it for a lot of reasons. Um, and the only way we're going to do that if, is if we practice together in our communities on up. And so I think that's something beautiful. So why we're at Taproot Earth, right? It's like going deep and wide. How do we, I think this is the opportunity is deep communities doing democracy, grappling with those challenges, um, but learning and building together with the solutions to the climate crisis. I think that's the way it happens is if we replicate that and that requires the ability to take rest.
2: Yeah, I just I'm thinking about that really great executive strategy session that we all had that Kate uh, facilitated for us and we were talking in real terms about like if capitalism is what got us here, what is it? How do we reject capitalism even in our own organization, even in our own spaces, right? How do we how do we reject the ideas of scarcity and dominance? How do we actually look at what a culture of care of, of resistance looks like internally, you know, and that was famously when we added the word rest to our mission statement, right. Or our vision statement, you know, we had, we had live and thrive and we were like, is thriving the goal, right. Is the goal just to like, grind? like, are we just giving into the grind again? Are we just giving into this idea that like you have to grow in order for success to be realized, you know, can, can resting itself be its own end. Right. And I think that was, I mean, that, for me, just being, just existing, right? I remember, Colette, you saying, you know, part of the rights of nature are, are the water in that puddle exists there just to be, right? The water doesn't have to produce anything. It doesn't have to generate anything. It can just exist. And that is in and of itself the point. And we, you know, and we, and and I think that was a really pivotal moment for me about, okay, we're we're really trying to experiment with something new here. We don't want to grind until we have a future that we want where we don't have to grind right? We want to do that now. We want to experiment with it now. Um, In the same way that we're, you know, building these formations that self-govern because we're trying to experiment with what democracy needs to look like. And we have to try it out and we have to mess up and we have to get it wrong and then try it again and then recover from that and do it over and over again. Because this whole thing is an experiment. You know, Adrienne Marie Brown says, you know, all all of this work for social justice and liberation is really science fiction, that we're really just imagining a world that doesn't exist yet. And we're trying that here, right? Taproot's a great experiment in love and abundance. What? <laughs> you know, what does that even mean in practice?
0: What does <laughs> How that do you mean? even make that work? Yeah, no, it's real. I struggle with the rest part. Um, and You I, don't say. I, I have to say this, this, um, this leadership team has really been my transformation, right? What is it to move with partners um, who remind each other about these principles that we can we can fall out of sync with because of the grind, right? Because of capitalism, because of the way things work, it's easy. It's very. It's so easy to go through your life achieving, you know, good grades and and degrees and whatever, and to really think that that's what we're supposed to be doing. It's it's what's sold to us so early. You are successful if um if you grind if you're if, if your labor is good enough, it'll be valued at something high, you know, monetarily. But to have a team of people who are constantly reminding each other that rest is is not just valuable beyond any number. Uh, we have a very short life and to to have a quality version of this life is really a bigger part of the game than to have a monetarily valued one. But also the natural systems that, that Anthony spoke of earlier, those natural systems include rest. (laughs) Who do we, who do we think we are? Uh, You know, you're, you're going to have a heart attack at 50. You're going to burn out. You're going to do these things if you don't really incorporate this into yourself. And that has been like, I think a real lesson for me and my big vision. Right. So like, I think big, you can think as big as you want, but if you're not incorporating these natural cycles into your life, into your practice, You're not going to get to your own vision, right? You'll be one of those biblical characters who did all the work, but never made it to the promised land, you know, who never got to see it. And I, I don't want that. I want to see it. I want to see the good parts and rest, you know, um, speaking of our executive session rest where we're in executive session with our families, we're in meetings with our whole selves, we're checking in on each other. Really, for me, it has been an eye-opening moment. Once we're in it, right? We're practicing this thing, and I really appreciate it. I think about it sometimes. We are bucking the system. I used to work in a law firm, and you know, (laughs) how many billable hours can you get was the question. That was that was the billable hours. You know what I mean? And now I'm in a I'm in Taproot Earth as a partner, and the question is, um, has everybody taken a rest? Uh, Is our team ready? For what we know lies ahead, but has everyone taken a rest? Very different, very different concepts for me.
2: Well, if we're going to reject the notions of capitalism, right, capitalism is inherently oppressive, it's inherently disabling. It inherently it, it requires people to be extracted from, right? And and we know historically American capitalism has extracted from very specific communities, right? It was built on the stolen labor of enslaved Africans, it was built on the genocide indigenous peoples it thrives on exploiting oppressed people who are martyring themselves for their own liberation as if as if you could ever grind your way into liberation right as if the goalposts aren't going to move anyway right Uh, you know i mean so many of my especially my black friends have said that they grew up with the ethos that you got to work twice as hard to get half as much and it's like by whose measure and why would working twice as hard you know it's never going to actually get you into you never win at white supremacy. <laughs> you never win at it. All you do is you grind yourself down and it's, you know, we ha- we've had a pandemic that's a mass disabling event. We've also just had capitalism that's been a mass disabling event, right? We are, there's a reason that we live inside these um, communities that are, you know, suffering chronic illnesses and being poisoned and being sacrificed because we believe that some bodies are just worth tearing down in order to support some other bodies. And I think it is a, huge act of resistance and revolution to say, we're not going to do that to each other here.
0: Not here. Not here. I just think about all of the the Black women, you know, going back to that CSI moment when we first started working with Maya, um, the report that we did, like, you know, it was it was basically three Black women in three different states that got hit by Katrina who all concluded that Black women were organizing their community in the recovery. <laughs> I believe we called her Miss Mary, like, you know, gave her this sort of persona, like we all had one, we all had many, we ran into them everywhere. And the work that was happening was so visible, if you were paying attention, right, if you, if you valued the work of the woman in the community, whose job it was to know who was back. Where, where did people go? Because we were displaced everywhere after Katrina. Um, who, who was back? Where did everybody go? What did people need? You know, there's people driving around with, with things and a, a woman in the community saying, oh, leave two bags of ice over there. They need ice. Uh, or, uh, you know, oh no, they need baby food at, down at the Red House, you know. And, and who is paying attention to what the community needs? Who's bringing the community together? Because um, they made a big pot of beans. Um, you know, we didn't have electricity and stuff, but somebody's out there cooking and, you know, frying some fish and all this work that was invisible, never, never got resourced only to watch other pieces of work uh, in the recovery, right? Um, <laughs> who was doing the data sweep? Who was doing the policy analysis of the moment? Who was do- And to watch that get ballooned payment, you know? I, I remember even in the um, recovery uh, of Katrina in Louisiana, there was a a firm in Louisiana, whose job it was to get the disaster resources out to the ground. And they paid themselves millions of dollars before they got $1 out the door to the people who were actually suffering. And that was the agreement of the, of the state, you know, like, okay, you can do that and then get the money to the people. And it's like, how many times do we have to tell people we don't value them? And if they're not producing anything for this, um, economic, um, uh, dominance then we do not value the labor that they bring the relationships the 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 invisible work that it takes to maintain relationships for 20 and 30 and 40 years um, and the value that those relationships play in disaster meanwhile here come these other folks needing to ask that same black woman where should we go to get the data what should we do to get the report they're getting paid she doesn't get paid and I'm just thinking about, there's a number of stories around invisible labor, especially in disaster. And I think even in this movement work, you know, I think about, Mona, when you were just talking about grinding yourself, you know, I remember looking up Fannie Lou Hamer and I remember thinking like, how did she die? And, you know, she died like so many other black women. She died after giving her all. She gave everything, you know, it's, it's worth studying what is extracted of us um, brown people women folk, rural folk, poor folk, working class people, what is extracted from us, what's taken from us. It's not just a lack of monetary value that's taken from us. It's our lives. And what we're doing, I think, is giving us and everybody moving with us their lives back. You know, what does it look like to give you your life back?
2: I love that part of our understanding of labor when we think about our pillars, right? Our climate justice pillars is valuing the care economy, not just because it's, you know, low on greenhouse gas emissions, but also because, you know, what you were just describing is like, it's the glue, right? It's invisible, but it is, it is the, the, the thing, the the thing that binds together the existence of all of our communities. And of course we undervalue it because it's traditionally gendered. Because you can't get a PhD in it and have credentials that you can, you know, loom over <laughs> and lord over other people with. Um, you can't monetize it in the same ways. It's always laughable to me when it's like suddenly policymakers are like, maybe childcare should be considered infrastructure. Hmm. As if, you know, like, are you new? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome to the planet. <laughs>
2: right, right. You know, before y'all had all these industries, guess what we had? We had to take care of people. We had to feed each other. We had to provide health and and wellness care for each other. Like that predates all of this. What do you think?
1: This is the the thing I love about how our with those pillars and just even it's just this conversation on labor and the holistic sense of climate. Man, this is the first time I think greenhouse gas came up or emissions came up in the entire podcast so far. And it was it was almost as like a backhanded slate. Like we're we're a climate justice organization. But our primary focus, yes, we do want carbon emissions down, but that's not how we're going to get there. We're not going to get there by going just cut carbon and starting starting that as the conversation. It's about how to get your life back. How can you take rest? How can you resist the capitalist framework and mode of just always producing and extracting from each other? How do you think about water as just being able to be and not just have to take it for yourself? Like These are conversations, you know, that just speak to people's soul. And I think we had a conversation at one point, maybe, oh, I was talking to one of our, one of the, our newer hires. Um, and I made a comment. I was like, well, we're not really like a spiritual organization. Uh, and, sh- and they were like, no, you are like, this is taproot is a spiritual organization. And I had a pause. I was like, all oh, right. You know, out of that, out of the colonial thinking of spirituality, we are a spiritual organization because we are speaking to people's, souls or spirit or energy, however you want to define it for for what that is. And it's all around you as a person, you as a community, how are you working together to address making this climate better for you and for your future generations? And that is just asking questions like that and asking questions around like, what what is the cause for this? It's, yeah, it is burning fossil fuels. That is true. We're going to get there, but it allows us to take just a much deeper assessment of what the real problems are. And we can come up with much more creative solutions that are actually much more implementable in small ways that add up to being huge in the long run.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really what we want people to know, right, is that we're not just talking. We're going to try it. They're trying everything else on us. They're experimenting with everything else. Look at all these technologies. They're just trying out on our communities, all these experiments Well, we're going to experiment with some life-giving, life-affirming approaches to saving not just our planet, but ourselves. And we really want folks in our Taproot family to know that, you know, we're envisioning a better world and we're going to start right now. We're going to start right now. We're going to pay people (laughs) valuable wages, treat people well, insist on rest inside of our work, resist capitalist and colonized ways of, of producing just to produce. We're going to be and we're going to love and we're going to thrive because of the invisible things, right? That care economy and spirit. You know, that's these these invisible things have been um, devalued much too long. And now we want to value them. Thank you for that closing conversation. What an honor and a privilege to do this work alongside such a committed and unrelenting team. Tap into rest by doing just that, resting. Take a long nap in the shade, unplug from your devices and email. Give gratitude simply for being. We are so grateful for the ways you showed up and supported our virtual launch. Taproot family, thank you. This is just the beginning. Make sure to connect with us, at Taproot Earth, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and continue using the hashtag Climate on Tap. We need folks to know climate is not a one-day or a one-week thing. Climate all day, every day. Remember. Katrina was the worst thing that happened, but it was the best thing that happened. Reckon.
2: like We don't grow if we're not scared. We don't shift if we're not uncomfortable.
0: Reckoning, um, you know, it gave me hope that it gave me the positive vibe that continue fighting on that, continue bringing our, our, um, our issues we have, that we're not the only one going through it, but we do have hope at the end of the tunnel. Reclaim. Reclaiming looks like
2: we're going to be uh, in it for a long time.
0: Mending broken bonds with the world and Mother Earth around us.
2: We should have done more sooner.
1: And I don't want that to happen to the generation that's coming behind me.
0: Repair.
2: Repair looks like creating the nation and the world of our dreams. It sounds like laughter, like real joy. (laughs) And it feels like freedom. The things that we have as our birthrights, an indelible joy that belongs to us. Resource. We need bold and courageous leaders. Vote, engage and demand democracy, so that we're talking about freedom and justice and joy.
0: Restore. A swell of people who know what they want and are willing to fight for it and willing to do the work to build it. Rise. There is more trauma,
2: more crises to come. I just really take heart in the
0: idea that collectively we can be more powerful than the forces against us. And rest collectively.
1: Rest tastes like a really good home cooked meal with family and friends. Just all your taste buds are all firing, and all you have to do is just like hold it.
2: Rest feels like love on my mind.
0: <laughs> mm, rest sounds like crickets at nighttime after a rain, a nice, gentle southern wind through the trees. You can hear all of the leaves slowly swaying. I dream of a future that tells the story of a people from the Gulf South who never gives up. This was Climate On Tap Rituals of Remembrance and Restoration.